0: For those of you who are here on Memorial Memorial Day for Mass, I told you how my dad had served in World War II. So you know that I came very late in the life of my parents. And consequently, I was very, very young when all my grandparents passed on. So sometime after both of my mom's parents having died, and I'm still very young, and we are traveling in upstate New York, and we were sitting in somebody's living room, and my mother was speaking with another woman, and they were discussing the passing of my mom's parents, and it all seemed calmed when all of a sudden, this wave of emotion came over my mom, and she started bawling like I'd never seen her cry before. And so we went outside and she collected herself and I was confused and asked her why she was crying and she said it was about her parents and as a kid I thought it was odd because it had taken place a few months ago, her, her mother finally dying a few months ago and as far as I was concerned that was ancient history, couldn't believe we were still going over that. And she said something to me that I did not understand at the time but something about it struck me so hard that it still readily comes to mind to this very day. She said, you know, you never really grow up until you have lost both your parents. In essence, she said to me that this was the day and the hour that she realized that she had become that generation for the next, for the rest of the family. She no longer had someone behind her to look to for support or advice. She was going to be the glue that held us together. She no longer had mom to look back on or even cry on her shoulder, or at least have somebody who would understand. She no longer had recourse to the older, higher, more experienced authority the keeper of the family stories and wisdom, or a symbol. She was it now, and it overwhelmed her. Even when my sisters and I were in our 30s and 40s, and we all got together at the family house, we would joke around and say things like, Mom, Mickey's picking on me, make her stop. And we would joke around like that, but it paid tribute to some remote truth that existed. But it is in general the nature of this life that each of us becomes that generation. The generation before you passes away and you face the world without backup as it were. It is the subject of many science fiction stories where humans uh, suddenly find a way to live forever. And those who live for a thousand years have always been subject to those who live 10,000 years and they begin to resent it because they can't fully grow up. And so there's a revolution or some such things. I think that's an original Star Trek episode as a matter of fact. So I remember going back to my hometown of Barberton after being away at school for a while and going to the West End Hardware where my, that my dad's friend owned and ran. And so it was now being run by someone I considered a kid that I went to high school with. And it was the same with Han's funeral home and the chief of police my high school friends, and if, you know, it was utterly a ridiculous concept for me to accept. You know, in my eyes, we were still kids. It was, we were gonna screw it up. (laughs) This was something that older adults did, right? There was something comforting in knowing that older, wiser, more capable people were taking care of these great institutions. We had no business doing these things. And I was already a priest, for goodness sake, at that point. Now here we are 21 years later, and all these institutions are still chugging along, and we got to grow into these roles, to become leaders, to stretch towards our potential, exercise more freely our creativity, and develop our personhood more deeply. So I think this is why Jesus said to his disciples that they should be glad that he is going away. Now they had a chance to develop fully because Jesus wasn't going to be an outside source there telling them everything that they had to do, but he would send the Holy Spirit into them and now they would blossom Before, they couldn't make a move without one of his instructions. Now they were going to be the one bringing the faith to the world. But now they have no backstop. They have become the leaders. They became the authority, granted, always in reference to Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit. But they had to be the ones to speak with authority now they became the leaders that continued the transformation of the world. No longer an outside source telling them everything they had to do, but the Holy Spirit within taking them out into the world. And it's no different with us. For most of us, when we were born, our parents stood up and pledged to help us in our faith. They were told, you have accepted the responsibility of training your child in the practice of the faith. It'll be your duty to bring them up as Christ taught us by keeping God's commandments of loving God and neighbor. Do you clearly understand what you are undertaking? And they said, yes. But at confirmation, we move the responsibility of all that comes to us to pray, to do charity, to get to mass, no longer relying on our parents for all these things, but taking the responsibility ourselves. Like the apostles, it's no longer a matter of outside authority, guiding all our actions and taking responsibility for them, but now it comes from within. And every one of us must pick up our cross and bear responsibility. It is only then that we mature, become leaders, grow fully in our personhood and stretch towards our potential, to be the disciples we were meant to be. It can be scary and it can be painful, but it is a birth to new life and birth is always painful and scary, but it is also wonderful. For without this new birth, none of us would be here, not in the physical sense, nor in the spiritual.